Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! About a month, we will be able to hear that for real after the Devils score all their goals. Probably going to be a smattering of you sucks up. in there. But so, uh, it's I hate Jersey. that, though. I hate That's that Jersey. so much. Water, man. <laughs> it drives me crazy. I hate the, the Rangers suck chant when we're playing anybody. Um, you know, guys, you know, we just knocked them out of the playoffs last year. We're not their bitch anymore. We don't have to keep on fucking, you know, like just, it's like this abusive relationship and you just can't get away from it. And it drives me up a wall. Like, let it go. They're over there. We're over here. When we play them, sure. We hate them all the time. I get it. But if we're playing the fucking San Jose Sharks and we're doing a Ranger suck, <laughs> I'm with you. I got a problem with that. I'm it with just, you on that for the Ranger suck chant thing, and then you know flyer swallow and all that follow up. But uh, I, I I've given up not liking the you suck part of the goal because they keep changing the goal song. Remember, and people kept yeah. finding a way to put in you suck in there. What's it's just one? Flyers do what? It's Ranger suck flyer swallow. And Crosby watches, I, I believe. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to hear it. Uh, you just wanted to hear it to hear clear you on the radio. I uh, got gotcha. um, Yeah, but, the, you know, the you suck thing, and I got to say, I'm in the games, and I get into it. I do feel like it would be better if it was kind of reserved for a more appropriate moment. Like, I've been to games where it's 5 nothing, we score one goal, and they're chanting you suck, and I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, a game-winning goal or go-ahead goal or even a tying goal, some of these things, they definitely have their place. I, but the fans love it, so I do it I, too. I can't even wrap my head around just – getting up and cheering for a goal if you're down five nothing and then you just get some garbage time fucking goal when yeah. with a, you know it's like really we're cheering for this like you know it's one goal and it's tough this, i let, this let that one me. goal go by and then the second goal you're like eh, the third goal you're like all right now we're, now we're talking here yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember uh, watching a raiders game probably like about 10 years ago or nine years ago and raiders were down like 34 to three and uh we, we, we scored a tie you know we intercepted got a touchdown the raiders did and our guy started jumping up and down and one, I think it was against the Cardinals, I want to say. And the Cardinal walked up behind our dude and tapped him on the shoulder and pointed at the scoreboard. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like, yeah, man, you know, it's I've never liked that either. Like it's weird. I always wonder actually. Sometimes I watch a game and it is like five nothing or four nothing, and there's like one minute left and they score and they like, there's a little bit of excitement, I guess, but I just I don't even know why you'd even feel you just that. Just get excited that you didn't get shut out. I mean, that's yeah. basically it. Um but, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, up. football, Tony. Some of those guys probably they got that shit choreographed. They're just waiting for a touchdown so they can do it. They're gonna do it no matter what the score is. They're like, I practice this shit all week. Says, I'm doing my dance. They call their buddies over, doing a can can. Now oh, they yeah. score. They all run to the camera and pose. Yeah. It's like I, I like. I mean, some of them are pretty good. I like some of the celebrations. Uh, I thought that last year's was um, good when uh, Harrison Smith from the Vikings an interception back for a touchdown and all the guys lined up like bowling pins and he yeah, pretended to throw, throw the ball and they all went down. I, okay. That was kind of cool. Um, some of them that you see are just really stupid. Um, like even Justin Jefferson, like he's got like three or four new gritty dances for when he scores. Well, let's see if Kirk can actually get you one in the fucking end zone this year. Yeah. But 
you know, my we talk a lot about football on this show, you know, from time to time. And I have to say, and I've said it on the last show, like I always liked the Jets. They were always my second favorite team. And I just I really didn't think that I would be a Jet fan again after five plays. And I am because <laughs> Rogers is the one guy I fucking hate and he's not there anymore. So, you know, and that's just- Chris, Chris was like, I'm so angry for 75 seconds. And then he was like, shit, I got nothing to be angry about anymore. I tell you, when he went down and I was just sitting there, I'm like, that's that's the season. That's it. Um, I, I knew right away the way his leg buckled. I was like, that's either an ACL or an Achilles, man. This boy's done. And I just – at this point in a guy's career who's pushing 40, yep. is he ever going to get back on the field? Because I don't think so. I give the Jets credit. It's a small little thing, but I give, they do give them credit. They actually pulled that game off. I mean, hey, look, I mean, their defense is for real. Brees Hall is a fucking dog. That boy can play. Um, Garrett Wilson is amazing. They have all the pieces, but then they have Zach. Well, they have a, they have a problem, though. See, it's like the it's a very Mets thing to do. See, that was a very Jets thing to do. Mm-hmm. I was watching that game. I was watching that stadium. It's like that new teal green, whatever it is, and it's lit up. The place looked amazing. The crowd was so ready to go, and then it was like everything stopped. And I was like, "Holy shit, that is so Jets!" But it unlike really is the other team that plays there. At least the Jets managed to pull off a fucking very that's, exciting win. Not the point. Giants, who I mean, Smarter. I said this on this show. I said it on this show when we had Neil from uh, Hockey State of Mind on yeah. here. We were talking. I was right around the time that Daniel Jones got paid. And I said, that dude should give some of that fucking money to Ed Donatel, who was the defensive coordinator for the Vikings last year. Because those are the two games that made Daniel Jones look great. Because the Minnesota Vikings defense, especially their pass pro, was a fucking atrocious last year. And then, you know, no, this is going to be the big year for Daniel Jones. Dan, you know, he looked like fucking Daniel Jones on Sunday. To go out and get embarrassed by a division rival 40 to nothing? You yeah. can't even put a field goal up? You can't even get your team in the field goal range? Dude, there, right? they have big problems in, in the, the Giants uh, country, that's for sure. But I tell you, why they don't have problems. For this week at least, I will say, and, my Raiders... First and place. The Chargers lost, so you are alone in first place. First place. There you go. You know, Garoppolo, let me tell you. I mean, Garoppolo did a Garoppolo performance. Like, this is the thing with him. I like I, – I, I have to admit, after this game, I was like, okay, I'm down with Jimmy G. Um, problem with him is he gets hurt all the time. Doesn't put up tons of points every game, but finds a way to win. And He always does. Always he Always has. does. It's never like a sparkling performance, but he always does. And uh, the one thing that's – we would have lost that game last year probably. Right? You know, I mean, yeah. and whenever Jim, we beat the Donkeys, it always makes me happy. So, Jimmy Garoppolo has always been a winner no matter where he was. Yeah. he I mean, people forget he brought San Francisco to a Super Bowl. I mean, this guy's played in NFC Championship games. He knows what he's doing out there. His problem is he can't stay healthy. Uh, if he stays healthy this year – I mean, you got the Chiefs didn't look like the Chiefs, and I know they'll be they'll be fine. Oh yeah, it's uh, the Chargers. Won. I think offensively, I, I love Justin Herbert. He might be one of my you know top three or four favorite quarterbacks in the league to watch. I love the kid, and he's got a hell of an arm. He's got weapons around him, but the coaching always kind of. I just think that Brandon Staley is not the best head coach. He kind of puts his team into position a lot to to just fail. So I don't know how they're going to do. I think that the recipe of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson is going to be toxic by week six or seven. Don't I think you feel like Wilson's just done? Up. 
Like I do. Just feel I like- think he fell off a cliff, and I, I do. I think he's toast. And I look at the Raiders, and I, if they can just keep their shit together and Garoppolo can stay healthy, they have a very balanced attack on offense, and they have a good defense. If they can get a little bit more pass rush, and it's not just Max Crosby all the time. It's a problem right now. They're going to be all right. And Jacoby um, Myers was awesome. He had two touchdowns yeah. yesterday. He was, you know, because the thing was, is they're, you know, they're covering Adams. That's the thing is they're trying to stop Adams. Sure. And Myers just had a hell of a game. Uh, you know, I mean, like you said, Max Trosme is our, we need help on the defense. I saw it last night. Um, it was a Raider game, though. It was kind of sloppy, a lot of penalties. It was just, you know. And also, man. too, it's week one. You know, everybody's sloppy in week one. And that's you what know, I want to ask you, Chris, actually, about that, what you're saying about sloppy on week one. Do you feel, and I heard someone else talking yes. about this on another show. Yes. These, the starters preseason. are not playing, right? Exactly. I mean, it, they like, they should start. They should be playing a little bit in preseason. Yeah. Especially, and maybe not, look, if you have, uh, you know, you know, Patrick Mahomes and even Andy Reid played him for a series or two in, in one of the preseason games. Or you have one of these guys, a Josh Allen and Mahomes. You don't want to play them maybe uh, in the preseason. I'm okay with that. But there are certain, especially position groups, I think need to. Like, I think your offensive line, your starting offensive line needs to see a few series before the game one. They have I to agree. get their timing down. They have to, and they should be in there with the quarterback. At least give them a couple of series. You see so many bad offside penalties lining up, uh, you know, in the neutral zone and all these illegal formation bullshit that happens in the, early in the year. I think a big part of it is because a lot of teams now don't play their starters at all. I look at, you know, I go back to the Vikings. They're my team. They didn't play any starters. And then they go into week one, a completely winnable game. You turn the ball over three times in the Sloppy first half. Sloppy football. Sloppy football. There's no reason. If you take those three turnovers away from that game and the bad penalty when they had Tampa in field goal range and then Jay Ward lined up off uh, in the neutral zone, it, it's a first down. And now they got now they're first and goal and they score a touchdown. You take those four plays away, Minnesota wins by double digits. Easy. And, but yeah, I agree. But you can't play that way in the NFL and expect to win. And you guys got Philly, what, Thursday night now? Yep, the day after a tough tomorrow. Game. So I mean, we're going to be 0-2. Um, yeah, we'll be 0-2. But, hey, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, I'm used to it. I'm, I'm pushing 50. I've never seen my boys in a, a Super Bowl, and I know that's probably not going to happen this year. But with all that being said, we have a really good fucking hockey team here in New Jersey, guys, that have yeah, a starts. shot. 30 days. They have a shot. We are one month away. So <laughs> we'll, I guess, dive into a little bit of hockey. We're the Uncle Buckers, Chris, Tony, and Bobby tonight. Mr. Dan needed the night off. So I thought today we'd do some picks in the divisions. Let's see who you guys think are going to win. We'll start in the West, um, talk a little bit about where you, how you guys feel about that. We'll go over where they were last year, where you think they're going to end up this year. So we'll start with the Central which was won by the Colorado Avalanche last year with 109 points. The Dallas Stars came in right on their heels with 108. And then the Minnesota Wild with 103. Then you have uh, the first wild card went to the Jets. They had 95 points. And then the Predators at 92, the Blues at 81, the Coyotes at 70, and the Blackhawks at 59 were dead last in the Atlantic Division. So, um, you know, we'll start with uh, Bobby. Where, what do you think of the Atlantic Division? Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to put up a fight? And who do you think is going to end up dead last? Central, you mean. I'm sorry. I said, yeah. what did I say? Pacific? I'm sorry. I meant Central. Yeah, we were. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I, I told you before we got started, right, that I don't really know of too many transactions that happen on the other side. So I wasn't really prepared to do this as a full list. So if anyone knows any like key moves and stuff, remind me as Tatar we do this. today went to Colorado. Yeah, well, that's, you know, it's good. Got that's something. Um, he'll do good over there. So I, I think I got it mostly the same, to be honest. Um, I'm, I did wind up doing a full list. So I just kind of went gut, not yeah. statistic based. Okay, just great. how I feel right now. And that is, I think the stars are going to actually outpace the avalanche of some points. Uh, to take the division on top. I, then I got the Avalanche behind them, um, followed by the Jets, the Wild, the Predators, the Blues. And then I think I just flip-flopped um, the Blackhawks and the Coyotes, just give the Blackhawks a little bit of love with Bernard, make up a few more points. Um, but no major moves there other than maybe saying that I, I just, I'm really high on the Stars. I think I, I had them for the Stanley Cup last year. Uh, it's mostly the same team from what I recall, so take them. So you got the Stars to win, the Avs to come in second. Yes. And the third place you went with Winnipeg. I did, yeah. Okay. So you think that that's going to be coming out of the Pacific. All right. So we, we, in your case, we would have a Winnipeg-Colorado first round. That would be fun. That would be fun. What about you, Tom? What do you got? Well, I did not do a full list. But no, that's fine. I have – uh, so I actually think Colorado is going to get that division this year. Um, I, I Not even the Tar move, just the moves they've made. I think they're still a great team from last year. Um and I think Dallas will come in second. Uh, that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much where I see that division at. I agree. I think uh, it's going to end up the top three where they were last year. I do think it'll be Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, one, two, three. Um, you know, Colorado, if they can stay healthy and Kale McCarr can stay healthy, um, you know, McKinnon, Renton, and, uh, you know, now they got Tatar, who's a solid vet. I mean, this team is fucking good, man. They are really good. They're well coached. Uh, they're coming two years off of a Stanley Cup. You know, they went into that first round against uh, Seattle last year with a ton of injuries. And um, then McCarr got suspended, you know, a couple of games. I like Colorado. I like Colorado to win the West. Uh, I'm going to say that right now. I think they will be in the Cup final. Um, I. Don't really know how the Jets are going to do this year. I mean, they're still now talking about possibly shipping Shifley off somewhere. Um, it looks like Hollabuck is going to stick around. With, with heard with rumblings about possibly an extension too, which kind of played into this for me. Yeah, and uh, you know if that's the case, and hey, if they want to pay Connor Hollabuck, you know that's his home. I'm I'm all for it. You know uh, that's fine. You know what? For me too, I, I usually am pretty you know, big on the avalanche and I'm such a homer on our side. Sometimes I look at these things. I'm like, I got to pull some of these reins down too. That's another reason why I just said, I got to come out of my comfort zone and, and just mix it up a little bit. I think Dallas is going to be really good. And a lot of people have Dallas high up on their charts. I think Dallas is going to be a good team. I mean, they only lost that division by one point last year. Uh, I could, yeah, that, that can be a, a good battle. Dallas is good. They have good goaltending. They have their deep team. They have four good lines. I think Minnesota, if Minnesota just needs some scorers, you know, it, it can't just be uh, Kirill all the time. You know, they got to be able to get some scoring other places. And you saw it when Kaprizov got hurt. Uh, you know, they went from, you know, four or five, six goals a game to back to trying to win one, two games. And I just don't know without him. I don't think that they're too much of a threat, but with him, they're a good team. I don't like what Nashville's done this off season. I mean, I just think that they, they dumped a bunch of contracts and then 
signed a bunch of old dudes again, and I just kind of feel like I, I don't know what they're doing. St. Louis, it looks like this could really be a year that they just start. If they go off to a slow start, I think they're going to have a fire sale there. And I, I, I could see Barubi maybe being gone. I think the Coyotes are going to do better than – definitely better than last year. But I actually think they're going to you know, put a team out on the ice that can compete. And if you remember, they were tough to play at Mullet Arena last year. They played some, you know, they beat some really good teams um, there. So I don't think that you can sleep on the Coyotes. I don't, of course. <laughs> I think not for a while play. there, like the only time they won, they were beating like top ten. Yeah, teams that's usually how that goes. That's usually yeah. how that goes, though. I mean, that's usually- yeah, they get themselves up for those games, and yeah. other teams take them very lightly, and then they get caught, and it's like, oh shit, we're down three nothing, and you know, you can't catch up. I, I think. It's always when they beat you in the important games, too. You notice that when you're playing in those, like you're trying to get into playoffs. It's always exactly. those teams that have had nothing to play for for like four weeks come and smack yeah. you in the ball. But now they have real. something to play for. Even if it's yeah. we just beat Dallas tonight and we knock them out of first place in the division or whatever it is. At least you, you yeah. take something out of it. I, I think that the Coyotes are going to do better than 70 points. We had a decade of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> The Blackhawks, I don't know what to make of the Blackhawks. Uh, On paper, if you take away Connor Bedard, they're dog shit. You know, they're not going to be good. They had 59 points last year. We have this huge X factor in Connor Bedard. Who knows how this kid's going to play? I I could see the Blackhawks ending up last in this division again. I mean, I don't know. And I could also see him moving up to like, fourth or fifth or sixth. That's why I gave him 11 points or so, you know, four and a half, five wins. Overtaking okay. Coyotes, you know, nothing major. But there's a lot of good teams in that division. Were you so. guys surprised how long it took? For, I mean, the Tatar got $1.5 million. Were you guys surprised? Like, his contract wasn't – I guess the Devils had Was decided to move on with him. Yeah, one year. Um, you got Miles Wood over there with him now. Jonathan Druin's over there. Uh, yeah. Who else did they pick up? Ross Colton. I mean, I'm, it made some I'm moves. surprised for the money. And the player that it took that long, but what what this what made clear to me is that this had nothing to do with Tatar for the Devils, and everything to do with the fact that at some point Fitzgerald wanted those one or two slots for the young kids. He has to see what he has in there. He has to play them yeah. uh, because for that money, I would have taken him back in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? What we, I have, thinking, we got the room. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like Tatar, and I thought he had a good year last year, and I, I like that he, you know, he served his two years in Jersey well for what he yeah. was here. You know, he was here with the young guys, kind of just show him away a little bit. And I thought, I think he did that well. I'm fine with him being gone. Um, I like the idea of these young kids coming in. I'm really curious to see how Nolan Foote's going to be this year. Um, there was a, and we'll get into it later, but there was a couple of uh, trade options that they had out, like Devils that could possibly be trade bait this year. And we'll talk about that. But McLeod was one of those dudes. Mm-hmm. Um I would not be shocked if we deal McLeod this year, just with all the people that we have. Um, and, you know, who knows, like we talked about, you know, a couple of times on this show, we don't know what's going to happen with this report um, that's going to come out hopefully sometime soon. Um, who knows? Listen, we, we love the role he plays as a fourth line center. Yes. And it is uh, maybe a notch above certain in certain elements, but we do have a lot of depth. But the other question center. is, too, when it comes to Michael McLeod and where we drafted him. And what was expected of him right. is a fourth line center and a guy that gives you, you know, 15, 16 points a year. Is that what you wanted for Michael McLeod? I, I don't think so. No, he's, it's, it's, it's if not. you take away McLeod's faceoffs and how dominant he is in that faceoff circle, if you take that away, what is he giving you? 
Well, for starters, for this year, I'm hoping that what he gives us is a glimpse of more confidence based on what he did in the playoffs. That would be the best case scenario. He's going to come out and score respectable 10 goals or something and just feed it a little bit more. Because otherwise, for as good as he is in that role, yeah, he could be expendable. It's certainly not going to kill us. No. Um, no, I like Mike McLeod too. I think he is a guy, though, that if you're not a Devils fan – you probably don't really know who he is to he's not like a big name on the team. You're not like, you know, he's not one of those guys. That's a household name. And he, his face off is definitely his, you know, his big thing. But, uh, you know, I, I think he had it, but I thought last year he actually had a better, a good, decent year. Um, and hopefully, hopefully all this passes and we're not talking about him in a couple of weeks about some other shit. So, cause I, I really did like Michael McLeod, you know, it's him guys like him and Bastion that, they're not like the big names, but they're part of the makeup that just, you know, seems to make the machine work. And and if you drafted Michael McLeod in the third or fourth round, I think that you are looking at his production and you're saying we couldn't ask for more of a guy that we got in the third or fourth round. That's now a, you know, solid bottom six centerman. He's great on the faceoffs. He wins 75% of his draws and he can chip in for, like we said, you know, six to 10 goals a year. That's great. But when you're drafted in the first round and you're supposed to, you know, be a legitimate offensive threat and you're not, well, that's where I think that McLeod's uh, stock drops when it comes to that. So, but let's go to the Pacific division. Won by the Stanley cup champions, Las Vegas golden Knights with 111 points. The Edmonton Oilers came in second with 109 the L.A. Kings with 104. Seattle Kraken takes that last wild card spot with 100 points. Calgary Flames just on the outside looking in with 93. Vancouver, 83 and trying to figure shit out. But um, Quinn Hughes was named captain of the Vancouver yeah. Canucks this year. So We're any, not getting him this year. <laughs> yeah, so so any, any delusions that we had that there was going to be all three Hughes boys on the team, it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime yep. soon. Um, San Jose had a horrible year with 60 points and then the Anaheim Ducks were just abysmal at 58. Um, yeah. So where are you going with that, Bobby? So for the bottom four, I'm not moving anything. I just, I see a crack or bottom five, Kraken, Flames, Canucks, Sharks, Ducks. I just think they're going to stay the same. I just moved around a little bit on the top. I think maybe this is the year the Oilers put up a few more points. So they get the first seed. I'm big on the Kings making further improvements. So I got them actually as number two and then a respectable third for the Knights. All right. Tell yeah, I, I, I'm going to stick with the Knights at the top. Um, you know, I an uh, Edmonton second, I think, in that. I, I just picture the Knights. The Knights just have a hell of a, a lineup. I mean, Mark Stone, as we know, you know, Chris is a big fan of him. Barbershoff, I mean, I mean, the team, the team is just a great team. Obviously, they're going to be Stanley Cup champs, as we know from – this past year, but I just picture them not really uh, losing any losing anything. I mean, they're going to be a, a tough team again. And Edmonton, I mean, Edmonton would be the team I would think could pass them, but I just think Vegas is going to be a little bit better. Okay. I think there will be a bit of a hangover, a little Stanley Cup hangover for Vegas. Um, they had a long year. They won it all. They've been partying all summer. Is it going to take a little while for them to kind of get back into their groove? I don't know. I'm just saying that I think this is Edmonton's year. I think Edmonton uh, is going to win the Pacific. And Edmonton is deeper than they were last year. I like some of the moves that they made. I really like the Oilers. And, again, 
I'm going with Edmonton, Colorado in the Western Conference Final. And Does McDavid put up more points this year final. than last year? Oh, man, I don't know. I, I, he yeah, is you would a okay. Magic, so, that dude. so an, a normal way of thinking would be somebody would say, "No, he's not going to repeat that." But right. then it's fucking Connor McDavid. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, is he going to probably beat that? You know, I mean, he's just that good. Um, so I, I really like Edmonton. I love Vegas. I think they're going to be right there again, and they're going to come in second. I do think the Kings are better than they were last year, especially with PLD. I like that move. I don't like him. And I think for this year, at least, he's going to give L.A. everything he's got until he decides he doesn't like playing there anymore and he cries for a trade. But (laughs) I'm saying don't sleep on the Kraken coming in fourth here. I think the Kraken can end up in that top three. That is a good hockey team out there. They're fast. They have – uh, you know, four really, really deep lines. They had more 20-goal scorers than any other team in the league last year. So I'm kind of up in the air about the third place. So yeah, I kind of feel like the Kraken are going to take a step. I, I actually – I don't know why, and I don't hate the Kraken at all. I mean, I have a feeling they're going to take a step back, actually. I think last year they might have overachieved a little bit. Okay. Um, I can see where you're going with this, and I uh, there is some definite some some truth to that because they did kind of – Nobody was expecting it, you know, last year. So, you know, when you're flying under the radar like that, like we've said a million times with the Devils, I don't know how much I agree with it, but it said a lot. You know, they're not going to surprise anybody this year. So Seattle's not going to surprise anybody this year. And I just think that they're kind of built for this. I, I, I'm, And that's also a bit of a love affair with them. I don't like the LA Kings. I like Seattle. So if I can say that they're going to go and, and get the third seed, I don't know. But I think it will be a battle between, I think, the the top four. I mean, I think the, the Oilers and the Knights are going to be battling for first. And I think that the Kings and the Kraken are going to be battling for the third. As far as the bottom four teams, um, the Flames can do something. They can make the playoffs again. They can kind of bounce back. Uh, as far as the bottom three, the Canucks, the Sharks, the Ducks, I don't really know what the hell's going on with any yeah. one of those uh, team. So that's going to be interesting. So Bobby and I both have the Oilers. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan, Tony went with uh, Vegas, and I think uh, Bobby went with Dallas, and Tony and I went with Avalanche to win the Central, right? Yes, sir. All right. And we'll jump over to the Eastern Conference as soon as we give a shout-out to our DraftKings sponsor. Football is back and in full swing with another week of epic games. And DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered on the action for every single one of them. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And new customers can bet $5 in football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of not one, but two new offers every game day this September. So get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction and void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So remember, that's DraftKings Sportsbook app, code THPN. And this is Stanley Cup champion Jim Dowd, and you're listening to Uncle Pucker's New Jersey Devil Podcast. All right, we're back. So now we will jump over to the Western Conference. Um, I mean, the Eastern Conference, the other one. We'll start in the Atlantic (laughs) Division. The Boston Bruins had 775 (laughs) points last season. 135 points for first place uh, in the division and the entire NHL President's Trophy winner. Maple Leafs, 111, came in second. The Lightning at 98. The first wild card went to the Florida Panthers. Actually, they had the second wild card uh, at 92 points. The Sabres, one point behind them at 91. Senators, 86. Red Wings, 80. And the Canadians on the bottom with 68 points. Bobby, where are you going with this uh, Atlantic division in the East? Yeah. So again, like I don't, I just don't see too many spots for movement, right? Based on on what I know, but I have the Leafs taking the division this time. I have Boston falling back pretty far, but not abysmal as we have talked about in some of the shows. Like how far can they fall? And it could be awfully far. But for this, I got the Leafs taking it over. I got the Sabers pulling a magic run out and taking second place. Wow. Followed by the Lightning and then Boston. That leaves the Panthers out of the playoffs, Senators, the Red Wings, and the Canucks. And again, this is all just gut going now. How's it feel for some I of these love, teams? I love that take. I yeah. fucking love it. Buffalo coming in second. I, I love I could, that. They don't, I mean, they don't need a then ton of points hate to mine. Do it. <laughs> what do you got? No, yeah, you, know, you probably so, have the Florida Panthers winning it. No, I don't actually. And you know what? That was a it was a tough not not for first. I think Toronto has this division. I think they're just they've done too many additions. They're tougher. It is a for them. This is a very very uh, every season now is pretty much if they lose, it's hell for them during the off season. It's like a big fucking charade. But I've got them coming in first. And believe it or not, a team that I think Ottawa. I'm going to pick for the two spot and the three spot. I'm going to go Florida. I think they just I signed like Jake Anderson. Yeah, yeah, they just signed Jake Sanderson on the defenseman. That was their fifth pick overall in 2000, uh, 2020. He's a hell of a defenseman, young guy. Uh, yeah, I love Brady Kachuk, as you know. Um, there's just that team. I mean, Ottawa is going to be a dangerous team. I really feel that way. Uh, so that's I'm going to pick them for the second spot. What else? Is that it? So, yeah, so I got Toronto first, okay. Ottawa second, then Florida. I have third. So I do think Florida is going to be – I know – I think we were saying a couple shows ago that someone thought they weren't going to actually be better this year. I do think they'll be better. I think that they just have too many talented players on that team. And I think with – now that – I think Matthew Kachuk is such a leader there now that I just think that he won't allow them not to be better this year. All right. Uh, I don't agree with uh, – I, I have – Toronto winning that division. So I think we're all in agreement. The Maple Leafs, it's their division to lose. They are stacked. Um, if goaltending can hold up, 
this team is for real. Uh, and like you said, Tone, they got to do it at some point. I mean, yeah, it's time. you just signed, you know, Austin Matthews to a big contract. This guy's, you know, one of the greatest players in the world. You have a lot of good guys around him. If you can't do it in the next couple of years, yeah, something's definitely wrong. But I think this is their division to win. I think they're going to be a really good hockey team. I think Tampa Bay has a big bounce back. I think they get to, you know, maybe 107, 108, 109 points. That's going to be good enough for second. The Buffalo Sabres will be in third. They are going to make a run. They will end up in third place. As far as the fourth goes, I'm going with the Ottawa Senators. I think Ottawa and Buffalo are going to come out of nowhere and they're going to battle like hell. And I think that Ottawa is maybe a year away. I think Buffalo, this is their year. So I'm going to take them. I see, you know, the Panthers dropping down, the Senators, uh, I mean, the the Red Wings and the Canadians being where, you know, they are. But I think Florida is going to have a rough year. They're starting with a couple of guys on the injured reserve. They played a lot of hockey and a lot of physical hockey in those playoffs. I just don't know if they could repeat that little bit of magic that they caught. So, I mean, I like every, everybody you're talking about. I love Kachuk. I, I like the way they're coached. I like the way they play. I just think there's better teams in that division. And you have to give, like we were talking about, I think last week, Paul Maurice, you know, he's a guy, he stepped away from Winnipeg when he had a good team there. Went yeah, over to Florida and, and, you know, and got that team, however you want to look at it, got him in the playoffs. I mean, well, let me ask you a question. Yes, he had a very good team in Winnipeg. And then when he left Winnipeg, the reason that he said that he left was because I got this team as far as I can. So he was just basically saying Internal these guys, about thing, yeah, right? they it's don't they don't ownership. have the fucking team together and this and that. I don't like that that when a coach says that. Um, but he did come to Florida and Matt look, they don't get Matthew Kachuk last year. This team is down with the Red Wings and the Canadians. You know, it's a they game changer. Even, yeah, he was a game changer. He changed the entire locker room. He did it. I love him, but I look at their goaltending and I say, is Bobrovsky the guy? I don't know. Uh, they lost, you know, Gudis. They lo- lost a couple of dudes. I know they brought over uh, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. Yep. They got him now. They, they have a couple of pieces. They're going to be okay, but I just think that his brother. Is going to leapfrog them this year. I think Ottawa will be, you know, fourth place, possibly even uh, take that division. Um, Boston, I see dropping. I see Boston. I don't know how the hell Boston gets out of gets into the playoffs next year. You know, it's interesting, don't. Chris. Is Brady Kachuk is a player? Like there's certain players we're talking about, Solani and them guys like that, right? Last week, Brady Kachuk is a guy that I will watch the Ottawa Senators play just because he's on the ice. Yeah, like. He's one of those kind of players. You know, we used to watch like like a Pat LaFontaine or those. You just watch it for this one player. And mm-hmm. they are a team that I will watch him just to watch him play because he is, you know, all around too. You know, not only he's physical, he's just, you know, he's, you know when he's on the ice, you know it. Yeah. I, I don't think that he is at the level of his brother yet, though. I just I think that Matthew is at a different level right now. And I think Brady will get there. Um, and those are two dudes that I can see in the future playing together. Uh, at some yeah. point in the future, I do think the Kachuk boys play together. Um, yeah, but I'm, you know, the more I go over Boston's lineup, and you know, they have the goaltending, they have a couple of studs on defense, they got a couple of studs on offense, but they have nobody in the middle, and I just think that that's going to hurt them. 
unless they make a trade. When I heard they were possibly going after Mark Shifley, I thought that can fix a lot of shit. My tune changes then. So if in the next 30 days or so, they go out and get themselves a quality centerman, because look, we've watched Pavel Zaka for eight years and he's not a number one center. And the reason he had such a good year with Boston last year is because they played him in the right spot. They made him their number three center. He got, you know, a decent amount of ice time and he produced, but it wasn't all put on his shoulders like he was here. And I'll say the same with Miles Wood when he was here, a couple other guys that are not those leaders, but we didn't have anybody else. So we made got to go against team's top lines now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no sheltering here. So, and that's, that's a you know big eye opener for a lot of players. Yes. And, and like you said, like, I, I don't want to be as, you know, as down on Boston, but th- then I look at the other teams and I believe in momentum and I believe in just like time. You can just feel these teams are coming along and that means points have to give. And Boston's got a lot of points to give because like yeah. you said, they had 767 points. So yeah, they got to come down, they can come down 30, 40 points, still be a good team. Because I think the Sabres are coming. I like your point about Tampa. 35 points. All right. So let's say 35 points is uh, what? 15, 17 games. Right. Around. Let's just say. Right. So if they were to lose 17 more games, they're still a 100 point team. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think that's the thing with them is it's hard to we all know that they're they've lost a lot and they're they they changed a lot in that that team. But just because of how they played last year, I can't say to my something in my brain says to me, well, you can't really count Boston out. Well, you can't you can't. But here's the thing. Even if the team didn't change at all. At all, you're still looking at coming down to earth from 135 oh, points yes. to yeah. maybe a 112, 115. So right off the, you're talking historic season. You're 20 points down. Then you lose those guys. Now you got to count for those points. And this is where we're getting to a hundred point team or maybe below. And I think there's more to it than just oh they lost the point production uh, of Patrice Bergeron. They lost their fucking leader. They lost their heart and soul with Patrice Bergeron. That is, you know, I get it. Charlie McAvoy is probably going to be the new captain. He's a hell of a player. Lynn Holmes, a great player, but you're losing a guy for, you know, the better part of what, 12, 13 years that this guy was the heart and soul of your team. And I just think a loss like that is really hard to come out of, especially when you got the senators and the Sabres that are really looking prime to make a good run. I think they're going to be really good teams. So I, I think it is I, I also believe that. But with Boston, I, I said it before. I've heard it from other people. I do believe that their additions at the end of the that season last year, before the playoffs came, actually might have messed them up. You didn't have enough playing time for their guy. It was like you added too much, too much tools to the shed. Actually, and I, you know, I mean, we all love Bertuzzi, right? I would have loved to have him in Jersey, but uh, it just seemed like it messed up the chemistry. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times it does. It and is amazing to go that over the top when you were that dominant. Right. You know, like if ever there was a year to maybe stand pat, that was probably it. Yeah, the dicking around. Like uh, you add a player, I get it. When you start adding two, three, four players, that's Every line when, changes you know, now. Every defensive pairing. Yeah. 20 guys on the ice. I mean, it's not like a, a fucking a football team where you got, you know, 54 dudes on your roster. That's right. it. Like you can, o- yeah. you only have so many spaces to fill. So yeah, you managed to blow everybody away in the NHL, and then you start dicking around with it. I think there is some truth to that. And every guy that was in the market at the end last year, they were like, Boston was tied to them. It was like, Jesus, how many yeah. guys do they have to get? You know, where, yeah. how how do they keep on adding these dudes? Yeah. And of course, all the dudes wanted to go there because they all thought, to, well, this is probably 
This is the year. Yeah, yeah, this is a you know you're going to get a ring. Statistically, it looked like their best shot for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I just if I'm if I was a Boston Bruin fan, I'd be really worried going into this year. But I also remember this time last year where everybody was you know the the pros and looking at the the national media and everybody looking at the Boston Bruins are saying. They're not going to be that good. I think that maybe right. their run was, and then they just go out and and have the greatest season in history. So yeah, maybe we can all be eating our words uh, by the end of the year. But I just don't see it. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing Ottawa and Buffalo this year. Man, they're going to be fun. So which brings us to the Metropolitan Division. We all right. kind of know how this went, right? Carolina with 113. Our Devils right behind them at 112. The Rangers at 107. Islanders at 93 took that first wild card. Penguins missing out on the playoffs with 91 points. Washington having a really, really bad year at 80. The Flyers struggled at 75, and things were probably going to get worse. And the Blue Jackets were just riddled with injuries, 59 points. That makes up the Metropolitan Division. It's all you, Bob. Yeah, so we've kind of done this before, so I don't think there's any big surprises here. I have maintained that the Devils can take first in this division. I, you know, always point out the fact that we lost it by one point, and during a year where we were, for whatever reason, uh, gambling too much with some of the goaltending situation, which to me directly added to a few losses at least, which means we would have won the division. But what I really wanted to do before I put this together is I wanted to find the time today, and I didn't, to if I were to remove both teams' best streak, the Devils had a 13 game. I don't know what Buffalo had. Did they have an eight or nine? I'm not you mean, sure. You mean Carolina? I'm in Carolina. Um, I'm not sure. Or if that didn't work out, I wanted to look at maybe their best two week window just to see if you pulled those out and looked at the rest of the season as an average, like then you know, how far would we have been from Carolina or how big because or how close because that 13 game winning streak for us, I mean, that was a huge jump up. If you would take that out and play, you know, 650 hockey or something like that. We're, we're definitely several points down. I did want to look at that, but even if I had, I'm still sticking with the fact that I just, I feel like the Devils can just outpace them just by a game or two, beat Carolina. So okay. that would put us with the Rangers in third, kind of what we've been saying all year. I have picked up on the Penguins after, you know, talking a little bit about what they've done. So I'll put them in fourth. Still have the Islanders... After that, and then I've kind of I got the Caps, the Blue Jackets, and the Flyers, and I might even be willing to throw the Blue Jackets in front of the Caps. I'm not 100 percent sure yet, but I really think the Caps are a sinking ship, and the Blue Jackets aren't as bad as their points were. So it's very possible that they overtake them, but it's kind of moot at that point because those are going to be the three on the bottom. Carolina did have a 10 game winning streak last year. They had a seven game winning streak. They had two fives, uh, like three fours. Okay. So 10 was theirs. So they had so a we 10 only game had, our, our game streak was three longer. So if you, if you pull those out and look at the rest of the season, you know, it'd be very interesting to see who, who has more points. It probably would be Carolina still. Yeah. But, but again, not by much and not with, there was a lot of stuff that we did on that team last year, bringing in people, um, Again, playing messing around with the goalie thing really got to me there. I, there was just it was just too much. You know? Yeah, it so. was. It was. Uh, yeah, they had no idea what the hell they were doing with that. Um, that was really worrisome. What about you, Tone? Do I think the Devils could win the division? Of course. I'm sorry, I definitely... eleven, eleven, Bobby, eleven. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Tone. No, it's okay. It was eleven. Was it's their really win close. streak? So they went 
They had a one, two, three, four game win streak, a loss in overtime, rattled off 11 straight. Then they had one, two, three, four losses in a row. Wow, that but was yeah, almost was, a 16 game winning streak then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they had that one, there's sure. one, one overtime loss in the middle, and that was it. So go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. Yeah. No, I think the Devils could win the division, but I don't think they will. And I don't, I don't want to, we always talk about like now everyone has so much expectations for the Devils. I almost feel like I wish they were a little bit more in the background, you know, so I'm going to put them in the background on my list because I don't want to jinx them. I'm going to say it's going to be the same as Carolina first, Devils second, Rangers third, third in this. And Columbus, I don't think is going to be, I think Babcock's actually going to kind of mess up that team a little bit this year with the young players. So I don't think they're going to have a better season. I do think Pittsburgh's going to be better. Um, I think we had, as we've talked about before, when you got Crosby and Malkin, you can't just give up, right? You have to supply them with tools to succeed. And I think they've definitely have done a little bit of that. So I think the Penguins, are they going to make the playoffs? I don't know, but they could, I wouldn't be shocked if they want to, jumping in there, you know, at the end. But I'm going to go with Carolina first and Devils second. Yeah, I mean, I go back and forth with the Devils and the Hurricanes for first place. And the Hockey News just put out their uh, big picks, their big addition for the pre, you know, the start of the season. They have Carolina winning the Cup. Uh, a lot of people have Carolina winning the Cup. I kind of feel like I, I, I really like Carolina as far as, you know, their potential to win the Cup. I still worry about where are they going to get their scoring from. Um, I just, it's hard for me to look at these two teams and then look at them and not, you know, even though I'm not trying not to wear the Homer hat, but I'm looking at your hat (laughs) and I'm looking at these two teams and I'm just saying the devils should be able to just outscore any of the problems that they have. Here's Uh, a question for you, Chris. Yeah. We had a goal. So do you think that the only difference in your mind would be is if we had, uh, number one starting goalie. If we had one of the top five guys, would that just totally flip your decision? You think? On if this? we had one of the top five guys in net, it would. I I think I would have them. They'd be my pick to win the cup. They would yeah. not just the division, but the whole fucking thing. Because that's the only thing that I'm a little bit concerned about. But again, I do think they could outscore a lot of their problems. Um, I'm gonna. It's. You know, I said it before, the old Ric Flair saying to to be the man, you got to beat the man. I'm going to go with Carolina until the Devils say otherwise. Uh, I'm going to go Devils too. I think it's going to be another dogfight. It's going to be a point, you know, maybe two. Uh, As far as third place, I've said it before. I'm still saying the Rangers and the Penguins are going to battle that out. I don't know who's coming out of that. I'd probably have to lean a little bit more towards the Rangers just because of Sturkin. But I think Pittsburgh is – that Pittsburgh was fucking embarrassed last year. Yeah. It wasn't that the Penguins didn't make the playoffs. It was how they didn't make the playoffs, especially those last two games against Chicago and Columbus, a team that collectively, if, if I have this right, uh, had 122 points. So collectively, those two teams weren't even as good as the didn't even have as many points as the Bruins. Right. Um, so you couldn't beat those two teams, and if you beat them, Florida's gone; they're in, and Florida's whole magical run doesn't happen. I think they were embarrassed last year. I don't think that's going to happen. Sidney Crosby does not seem to hit a wall. He doesn't seem like age is getting to him. I mean, that's he's right. still fucking great player. So I think if Pittsburgh and the Rangers will be battling for the third spot. I do see oh like the between the Islanders, the Capitals, the Flyers, the Blue Jackets, like 
I, I see all of them kind of taking a step back. I think the Islanders will probably be ahead of the class. So right now, gun to my head, I go Carolina, Devils, Penguins, Rangers, Islanders, Capitals, Blue Jackets, Flyers. That's where that's where I would go. Uh, I do think the Blue Jackets are going to be better, but like I said, I on my Eastern Conference power rankings, I have them at uh, number fourteen. The only teams I have below them are the Montreal Canadiens, who I think are going to struggle still, and the Philadelphia Flyers, which we've discussed on this show many times, are doing this whole rebuild thing by design. Yeah. This is what they want to do. This is what they need to do because the culture in there, and I, I think it's, it, and I think right now they're just kind of in a holding pattern as far as their coach goes. I think if they struggle a little bit this year or Tortorella starts pulling his Tortorella shit and not really giving these kids a chance to, to develop, um, you know, like when we had the Brew Jackets on, they were talking about, you know, Tortorella when he was the coach with them. When you have a team that's built and ready and developed, Tortorella could be a good coach. You need somebody to fire you up. You need somebody to just hold you accountable for everything that you do on the ice. He's good with that. But then, like, do you think that we would be where the position we were if in three years ago we hired John Tortorella and not Lindy Ruff? No. Rowe? No. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No. So that's why I, I always I, say hey, guys like him and Babcock, I just don't and I don't even hate Tortorella, but I don't want that with the devils. I don't want them around these young players. Like it's just It's kinda it, like the Pat Burns analogy we had earlier, right? We were you saw the success come two thousand three, they need a different type of voice, they need a yeah. different type of kick in the pants. Larry yeah. Robinson being like everybody's best friend probably doesn't win him that cup. Pat Burns does. Yeah. You know, different team. And, and and in two thousand, you go the same way, right? Robbie Faturak, his whatever he was preaching was falling on deaf ears. And Lou knew enough that we have a really good team that can compete. This guy is holding us back, but gets rid of him and then brings the guy in, like you said, everybody's best friend, Larry Robinson, right. right? Where Larry was able to get there and say, "I've been with you guys for the last ten years. I know you all. You all know what you're doing." Go out and fucking do it. And he just kind of gave him the big pat on the back. Attaboys, we can do this. And they followed him. Uh, and then that got old. You know, I mean, yeah. there was that time there after Jacques where we were kind of just, you know, spitting out coaches every other year. Um, and then it got worse. But now at least I, I, I hope we don't get into that position in a year or two with Lindy. I hope. What I hope is that maybe Lindy gets them really far this year and maybe a cup final, possibly even a cup. And Lindy then steps down and maybe a guy like Travis Green steps in and can take them to the next level. But I just don't want to see this team like Lindy, Lindy's way of coaching falling on deaf ears. And I don't think it will. I think this team is still young enough. They still have a lot to learn. Sure. Um, but like Dan mentioned uh, in the last show, like, are you ever going to, you know, in a year or two, are you going to need that different voice? You know, that somebody that can kind of, but I think you know, that's with any team now. It's a whole different yeah. NHL, right? There's no, like, we were talking last week, too, about how you'd have a goalie, like, say, Belfour, right? He'd, he'd play for Blackhawks for how many seasons? He'd have shit the bed in the playoffs or whatever, and then next season you just know he's back. Now it's like a whole different NHL where you're like, okay, are we going to replace this guy or this guy? You know, you, you know, your Richters and your Belfours and your guys like that, they stuck with the teams for a long time. And I think it was even the same with coaching kind of. But now I think it's a, you know, if you fail, you, you just never know. You're the first to go, you know. Well, we talked about it, too, with the goaltending nowadays. Um, they are all – you look at the stats and just look at the sizes. Look at it. They're all exactly the same. They all play the same style. They are, they're interchangeable. You know, when you have a guy that's just a little bit better, uh, like, you know, you look at, like, the, the 
the couple of guys that are better, right? The Vasilevskis, Shosurkin, Sorokin, Soros, uh, Hollabucks, those guys are, are, but everyone else, they're all in this little tight little group that you can just kind of interchange them. That's why it's all, you know, 1A, 1B, and whoever's in there is in there. Um, but it's not like where you had a play, oh, shit, we're going to play Richter today. Well, he's a solid butterfly guy. And then you have, you know, more of a, a stand-up guy and, and, and you know, uh, Patrick Waugh. And then you have the hybrid of Marty Brodeur and, and all this stuff. It's not like that anymore. They all Fucking play Herbe the same flying style. around all over the place. Yeah, Herbe, Herbe who, oh, yeah. who's just all about his reflexes. And, and that's it. I mean, the guy was not the best positionally, but he can make every save. And same with Hashik. Hashik, Hashik, yeah. Hashik got better as he went. He learned how to play more positionally, but he was strictly reflex his first few years in Buffalo, you know, just being able to see the puck and he can stop it. Giant um, lanky arms well, and legs is everywhere. We all, we all know Hasek is one of the best goals we've ever seen. Absolutely. Played. Like, if you look at the top couple goalies, like, there he is on that list, you know. I mean, the guy was I mean, such a talent. I think that Brodeur was the best goalie of all time. And I put it there because he had an incredible ability to shake shit off. He didn't, he let a bad goal in and you just saw it in his face. Like, okay, that's gone. And he'd forget about it and never, you know, you see some of these goalies and you look in any sport, you know, a pitcher, you know, lets up a fucking home run. All of a sudden everything just falls apart. Uh, you know, a goalie lets one bad one in and then the floodgates open and we've seen it. We saw it. I got to tell you, guys. I only saw Brodeur get flustered once. And it was in the 2003 Stanley Cup final, flubbed it against behind the boards, and he kind of kicked it in himself. After It was either after letting in a questionable goal or then he let in a questionable goal. And you could say maybe for about a couple minutes he was flustered, but that's the same guy that also went out to have three shutouts in the finals. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it didn't it didn't last long for sure. Yeah, and you saw it doing all the time in, in you know, most games – if he did let a goal in, it usually was, you know, either had to be an absolutely gorgeous shot or it was just a bad goal. And, uh, but he would not let two bad goals in the game. You know, very rarely was this guy, you know, coughing the puck up or doing anything stupid. Uh, Hashik to me was an amazing goaltender just because of his style, man. He was just fun to watch. Like Marty was, and Marty was a great positional goalie. Marty made a lot of saves that, you know, most goalies don't make just because he was in the right position. Maybe didn't even see the shot, just stopped it. Uh, Hashik was out of position. So, so hard much, to get And they could just him. fucking make every save, though. It didn't matter That's where the so puck weird. was. So weird. You got a generation of Devils fans. Maybe last year was the first year really watching them. Maybe they were always periphery fans, but then because the team was so good, they got more solid into it. But you got this team of fans that. Or like, oh my God, they're never out of a game. Like they can always come back and win. And that's going to stick with them forever. Just like we knew 20 years ago, oh, they're winning by one game's over. Yeah. Like to, to have that kind of, and it didn't always win. Of course you lost some games, but in general to have that kind of confidence, knowing yeah. you're basically going to win nine out of 10 of these was an incredible yeah. feeling. And we had it for a decade and a half. Yeah. He was phenomenal. He and we had the phenomenal. opposite. What? Like two years ago where we lost every game in overtime, yeah. we would always just, you always found a way to lose. I mean, that's what was so surprising about last year. And we were talking about Ottawa about this, like, or not Ottawa. We were talking about uh, who was it that had a successful year last year? That Oh, the Kraken. Yeah, well, Seattle. we had a really, a, we improved so much last year as the Devils, you know. And 
there is a part of you in the back of your head that says, okay, I hope we just don't come out flat, man. Sure. Of course. Is that possibility? Because we really, some people could say we, now we have the talent though. First of all, before I say this all, our lineup is talented as shit, but we overachieved last year, especially Mm -hmm. if you go back to the year before that. Well, I mean, I think the 13 game winning streak was something that nobody saw coming. And once that was over, and I think a lot of people, myself included, was kind of like, okay, are they going to come down to earth a little bit here? And in December, they really looked like they did. And See, that's the thing, right? That, they, we did have the opposite of that 13 game too, basically. If they can just be more consistent. And we, we and, and uh, when Dan and I were just doing this show and we were talking in December doing shows, it was like, okay, now what's going to happen in the new year? Are we that team that was on that 13 game winning streak? Or are we the team that has won, you know, one of the last six, the whole month of December? Um, and it was, you know, we had that last, the last Friday game, the last game of December was against Pittsburgh. We ended up playing a fantastic game. We won it. And that was kind of, it was at the, after that was like pretty much four out of five, three out of four for the rest of the year. So they were able to kind of go through that slump and work their way out of it, which was something that I give them a ton of credit for, because that young of a team, you could have seen it go the other way. And it didn't. And I attribute Lindy Ruff. I attribute those guys in the locker room. Uh, I do agree with you, Tony, that having this much hype around them does make them nervous. It makes me very nervous because, I mean, look at go to football. I mean, all everybody was talking about the entire fucking offseason was Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, Jets, Jets. And the guy got four plays in and you're probably never going to see him again. So, you know, Jack Hughes gets hurt in game one or game two, like he did a couple of years ago. That changes everything. Yeah, no, uh, is know. this the most hype the Devils? Like we know, I know I've watched the Devils since the late '80s. You guys have watched them forever. Is this the most hype they've ever? Like the expectation? Is this the highest that you've ever seen for them before the season starts? Because I I can't remember where they've been. I mean, you're talking about a, a team that has superstars on it now. I mean, well, you're talking about a new world, Tony. That's the problem. So even when they were legitimately winning a cup, and then the next year in 2001, they were even expected to repeat. They won in 2003. Even with those level of teams, it didn't have this much hype. It's not just because the analysts were still saying whatever they were saying about the Devils, but the world has changed. Like the social media aspect of all this podcast like this, hyping it up. It's everywhere now for a team that arguably hasn't done shit. I mean, yeah, we beat the Rangers and came back from 0-2 and then we look like crap against Cal. We really haven't done much to have this much hype on us is, yeah, it's unprecedented for sure. I mean, the, the the moves that they made in the offseason, mainly just locking up Timo and, and bringing Toffoli over, I think are huge. And yes. I, I just, like I said before, I look at this top six, and I just don't know who's got a better top six. And, you know, you look at the bottom six, and we got Andre Pallad on the third line. You got Eric Hall on the third line. If Alex Holtz works out and plays well on that third line, or if it's Graham Clark, or if it's somebody that we don't even know right now. But if, if one of those guys can step up and give you, you know, maybe 40, 45 points this year. That makes that – and then you know what you're getting with that fourth line. Yeah. And I think the addition of Nolan Foot on that fourth line can also give him some offense. Um, Vitek, we always forget about Marino, right? I mean, this, I don't know. I stud. always forget about him, and he's such a great player on that team. And I, yeah. Whenever I go through these, whenever we talk about this lineup, for some reason, I'm always like, oh, that's right, Marino. I think our defensive core is going to be a lot better than they were last year. And they weren't bad last year at all. They were pretty good, but I think they're going to even be better. Um, I think, yeah, we talked about it. There will be some hiccups early on in the year, but I think when this team clicks, they're going to be unstoppable. I just hope that everything else 
you know, stay, I hope they stay healthy. I hope the goaltending ends up holding up their end of the bargain. And I think that they're going to be fine. Um, it's a different kind of attitude that you see with this team too. I mean, we talk about how Matthew Kachuk changed the entire locker room in Florida, right? Like he brought that swagger, that toughness, that grit, and they all kind of took it and they, they all, uh, you know, assimilated to him and became all basically the Florida Kachuks. You see he that scored the Jack. goal. Remember, he hopped off the ice right yeah. away, and everyone yep. everyone followed him like a line of ducks. Yep, and yep. you see no that, celebration, and you see that with Jack. Jack has this very Jack's just a fucking cool dude, and he's got this kind of winning personality. He you know wants the spotlight on him, and he produces every time he has it on him. If you know if this guy knows he's on uh, prime time. He shows off and he has fucking great games. So like they all kind of take that from Jack. You know, I know Nico's the captain and he's the, you know, heart and soul, but Jack Hughes is just such a special player. Like I've never seen this much hype for the devils. Like you asked before tone, never even years we've won cups going into the following year. There was never a whole lot of hype about us. Uh, Jack brings that though. Like he is just must see. Um, He's got to stay healthy, and if he does, he can have you know he can be in the conversation for the MVP this year. I really believe he could. Um, at the end of the day, it is about one thing: injuries. That's going to be yeah. what gets to die by the sword. Because last year we were very lucky; we but did not have to Jack, deal with too much. And Jack's size worries me. He is a bit slight, and that worries me. So, on that note, I know it's getting close to five, and Bob's got to run, so we are going to wrap it up here tonight. Yes. So, um, real quick. Uh, wherever you're listening to us, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star review, a positive comment, uh, like, subscribe, download, whatever you have to do really does help us move this podcast forward. want to thank the Hockey Podcast Network. It's been a lot of fun being on with them now. Um, and listen, we are already at more downloads for the 12 days of September so far than we've been in any other month. So we're actually doing really well right now. And it's thanks to you, the listeners. So please just keep it up and uh, help us continue to put out a uh, podcast that might be worth listening to. So for Bobby and Tony, I'm Chris. We're the uncle puckers and we'll see you when we see you. Peace. Later. That was fun. We are stopped. I don't have the closure. So.